0: What up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNBI Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. It's Tuesday, June 14th. It was a massive, massive recruiting weekend for Colorado State football. The next couple weekends are actually going to be big to really just this entire month. I mean, you have official visits, you have coaches out on the road, you have camps. I mean, Matt Mummy had his air raid camp going this week. So this is a big one. I mean, it's it's kind of one of those months where you have to capitalize as a football program. The, the guys that are going into their senior years of high school, you know, the majority of them, unless they're holding out for bigger offers, they want to verbally commit, you know, and kind of get that, you know, it's not a lockdown, because as I've said a million times until you officially sign, you know, put the pen to paper, you know, a, a verbal doesn't mean a whole lot, but You know, you kind of want that sense of of security going into your senior season, just, you know, in case you get injured or something. And then obviously, you know, from the coach's perspective, it's a big month because you want to kind of try and stack up and and build the foundation of your 2023 class without the distraction of, you know, the regular season. Recruiting is a 365 days a year game at this point. But I mean, it's nice to be able to take advantage, you know, when you're not in the and the intensity of fall camp and you know trying to prepare for the non-conference slate and four unique opponents that you don't typically prepare for, or you know, the grind of the conference slate and you know hopefully being in contention for a conference championship. But anyways, I'm gonna get into that in a little bit, kind of talk about the most recent commits. CSU picked up three verbal commitments within a twenty-four hour period. I'm going to talk about you know why it's encouraging that You know, the early indications are that Norvell and the staff are really selling the program well. Talk a little bit more about the good faith, you know, the goodwill that he has earned with the CSU fan base. This guy, from a PR perspective, has just absolutely slayed, you know, his first six or seven months, whatever it's been at this point. Dude's killing it. I mean, he's he's pretty much done as well as you could hope to do. But before we talk about that, I'm also going to... Talk a little hoops, because we have some massive scheduling news for CSU men's basketball taking on USC in a neutral court game this December, so we'll talk about that. I'll talk about the details a little bit. Yeah, the other opponents that we know for the non-conference schedule really shaping up to be a pretty difficult schedule again, so it's going to be interesting. Real quick, are you ready for the NBA champs to be crowned? Join the finals action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA bet get $150 in free bets instantly. If you're looking to turn a small bet into a big payday, the best way to do it, the DraftKings Same Game Parlay. This NBA season, a customer, they actually placed a $5 Same Game Parlay on the NBA. Won five grand. That's insane. I am very envious. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, whatever, Boom. You've got a shot at an even bigger payout. Came really close to a nice, nice payday in game four. Uh, The Celtics choked that one away. Killed me. I have really been fading Draymond Green when it comes to points, and he has been obliging me. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR. Make any $5 bet during the NBA Finals. Get $150 in free bets instantly. That promo code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Alright, the uh, The majority of this podcast obviously is going to be centered around football, but let's just start with hoops because I am really excited for this game. Came out, uh, John Rothstein of CBS was the first person I saw to tweet about it. My good friend Kevin Sweeney of Sports Illustrated have had him on the pod a couple of times. He posted that as well. That uh, that game is going to be December 21st at the Footprint Center out in Phoenix, I can confirm this game is definitely happening. I'm really excited for it. Really nice poll for CSU in the non-conference slate. I did see some people griping on Twitter about it being a neutral site location. Generally speaking, I, I agree with you. I, I'm not pro-neutral site. I, I just hate that it takes the atmosphere out of it, really. I mean, you could have this game in Fort Collins, for instance, and you know, Moby Arena would be sold out. It would be rocking. But that's exactly why USC would never agree to play it. I mean, they want to play a quality mid-major like CSU for, you know, the metrics. I mean, you want to have a a really strong strength of schedule and, you know, playing a team that's expected to contend in in what's going to be a deep Mountain West Conference. That's beneficial for USC. That said, they don't really want to go into, you know, a, a really hostile arena. Obviously, the last... Uh, five home games of the year were sellouts last year. I imagine it's going to be nice and intense this year as well. You have to factor in the altitude. I mean, obviously they play Utah and CU, so it's not new. But if you're the Trojans, you know, while you do want to play a team like CSU, while you will take the game, you don't want to tip the scales, you know, too far out of your own favor. So essentially, I mean, yeah, in a in a perfect world, this game would be in in Moby Arena, I guess the bright side is you also don't have to deal with their fans. Um, just because I don't love neutral court games, I would say, I guess if I could pick, I would rather have it be on the USC campus. I mean, it, it doesn't really matter. December 21st, the students wouldn't be in town anyways. So by doing it in Phoenix, you know, it's a relatively affordable spot to travel to, it's centrally located in between the two programs, easy commute for both schools, easy commute, nice little winter getaway before the holidays for the fans. If you do want to go, I don't think it's going to be, you know, like 8,000 people like it would be, you know, at Moby arena, but, you know, hopefully you can get a couple thousand people out there for that. But I've just, I got to give credit, you know, to Nico Medved and, to the entire staff, to Aaron Katsuma, obviously for handling the scheduling responsibilities. I see a lot of people, you know, tweet things like at Joe Parker, giving him props for basketball scheduling. It's not like football, guys. It, You know, it's, it's all Aaron Katsuma. They almost got a game with USC scheduled last year. It, it kind of fell through. They just weren't able to make it work. Really glad that they were able to keep that connection strong and make it work this year. I mean, to me, this game is going to be it you know, on par with what we were hoping the the Alabama game in Birmingham would be last season, in my opinion. I mean, USC is gonna be really good. And you get a chance to, you know, square off against one of the premier programs in the Pac-12 and potentially pick up a, a really nice win, you know, right before conference play begins. With this USC game, you now have a couple of Pac-12 opponents on the slate. They're also going to play at Colorado. They're going to open against Gardner Webb, which low key that's going to be a nice little game. You don't have the the star power that you got with Max Aizmuss coming last year with Oral Roberts, but they're going to be a tricky opponent for anyone. St. Mary's comes to town again, and then Northern Colorado, who really came on strong offensively. I mean, they they can light it up. They do lose Bodie Hume, who had you know basically a career day against CSU last year, but. They uh they bring back Dalen Koontz, the, the CU transfer who really came into his own. I mean, statistically had one of the best seasons in uh, Northern Colorado history last year. That dude can really score. So you're looking at a, a nice little mix of talent here against, you know, teams from premier conferences. You get some really quality mid-majors mixed in there. A local matchup, I will a couple local matchups between CU and, and Northern Colorado you know, maybe you get DU as well. We'll kind of see. DU'd be a good one because it'd be a kind of a a gimme win that you could kind of get mixed in there. I mean, between CU, USC, St. Mary's, that's, that's a really tough slate. I think you got to split against the Pac-12 opponents and then, you know, beat Northern Colorado, St. Mary's, and Gardner-Webb, obviously, and we'll see who else ends up being on the schedule. You got to win those home games. If you can do that, and, you know, split against CU and USCC will be a true road game. USC will be a, a neutral site game. You're going to be looking really strong from a metric standpoint going into the, the conference slate, and, and that's going to be awesome because the Mountain West is going to be really good. You're going to have San Diego State. It's going to be a top 25 team. Wyoming, you know, could, could be in the mix to be in the top 25 as well. Uh, New Mexico and UNLV should both be good. Boise State. It's, it's just going to be a really hard it's going to be a really hard year to, to win the Mountain West. But, I mean, that's good because it means that nobody is going to be able to dismiss this conference. I mean, you're going to see some hot takes just because of, you know, how how the, the league fared in the tournament last year with all the first-round exits. And, I mean, really it's been a pretty common thing now for six, seven years. But I always bring up how, you know, in, in 2020 you had a San Diego State team that was a top-10 team and then a veteran-laden Utah State team led by Sam Merrill and and Yamis-Keda, I mean, those teams could have made some, some serious noise in the tournament and they didn't get an opportunity to. I'll always defend the Mountain West. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously going to be critical of the things that deserve to be criticized, but it's kind of like your sibling, you know what I mean? Like, you can pick on your sibling, you can make fun of your sibling, but if anybody else makes fun of your sibling, y- y'all better square up that's kind of like me with CSU the Mountain West like I can mock CSU I can I can mock the Mountain West but if you do it look out I'm coming at you for the record not you the listeners because y'all are CSU people so you have that right as well y'all know what I mean Pac-12 fans CU fans they want to come at us you know they don't have that right (laughs) anyways really exciting non-conference schedule coming together um i I'm really excited about this season, even with David Roddy not being in the picture. It's a bummer. I, I just, I mean, I this whole past year, I, you know, viewed it through a lens of having two years with this group. I just thought that's how it was going to work out. It didn't. That's okay. They're still going to be really talented. I like the talent that they've added in uh, Strong and Cartier. Tavi Jackson looks really encouraging. I like the talent that they have on the roster. I mean, Eli Betker, one of the the national college basketball writers who I respect more than just about anyone, a guy that really follows the Mountain West closely. He released his preseason projections, and he still has CSU finishing second over Wyoming, and that's largely due to the respect he has for Isaiah Stevens, and you guys know how I feel. I mean, he's the most underrated point guard in the entire country. Talked about, you know, how Tanjay's going to have to step up, but, I mean, we've seen it from him. Josiah Strong, really, really big addition from Illinois State, sharp shooter. And then, you know, Cartier offensively, a guy that can score at all three levels. You're going to need, you know, Jalen Lake and, and James Moores and all these guys, Rivera, to step up. But they're going to be really good. And I'm I'm looking forward to having Eli on the podcast later in the week. Uh, looking like Thursday. But I'll just pick his brain a little bit on on why he's still so high on CSU, get his thoughts on the Mountain West as a whole. Uh, this USC game, obviously, he's just a, he's one of the best in the biz. I mean, he founded Heat Check a guy that I kind of came up with in the Mountain West circles, just a really good dude and a, and a really knowledgeable source for college basketball information. All right, let's move on. Like I said, we will have Eli on the pod later in the week, probably Thursday. We'll talk about all that, but right now I want to talk about recruiting because CSU football, Jay Norvell, Chad Savage, and these dudes built best. They are absolutely killing it. Before I get into that, I got to talk about the homies over at Sexy Pizza. What is Sexy Pizza, you ask? Well, with 13 years in the Denver community, Sexy Pizza is as local as it gets. A hand-tossed deck oven pizza with made-from-scratch each morning dough. They got a 12-inch, 16-inch, 18-inch crust. Whatever you want, they're going to have the right fit. Add on all the fixins, whether it's wings, salads, pasta, knots, you name it, they have it. Dessert options. I'm a big knot guy. They're garlic and cinnamon knots. Fire. They've got vegan options. They have a delicious 12-inch gluten-free crust. Whatever you get, you're going to get a can't-miss hit. Go to www.sexy.pizza. Order online. I'm telling you, you know, maybe you're having an avalanche watch party. Maybe you're still into the NBA Finals, the Rockies, F1, whatever it is. If you are in the metro area and you are craving pizza, do it with our friends over at Sexy Pizza. They are the shit. As are my friends over at Breckenridge Brewery, the hometown craft beer of your Colorado avalanche. They're celebrating this historic winning season with the people who have supported this community through such a challenging year. They are hooking up a pair of Avs fans who are community stars with tickets, uh, Breckenridge beer, swag, you name it, each home game, including the Stanley Cup. And I don't know if you've looked up those ticket prices. They're insane. I'm considering You want to buy my kidney? It's for sale right now because that's the only way I'm getting into the arena. Unless you nominate me. I don't know if I'm a community star, but nominate me nonetheless. (laughs) Breckenridge Brewery is also going to donate a portion of all proceeds of sales of Avalanche Ale through the playoffs to the community fund Boulder County to help benefit Marshall Fire victims. Visit Breckbrew.com to nominate a community star and send them to an Avs playoff game. By the way, don't really nominate me. That was a joke. This is, you know, uh, teachers, firemen. Uh, Health workers, you name it. If they are an Avs fan, you want to hook them up, potentially get them tickets, gear, a bunch of free beer. Go to BreckBrew.com and nominate them today. All right, all right, all right. Now that we have paid the bills, let's get into recruiting. It's recruiting season, like I said, big weekend for CSU football. Their first verbal back at the end of April. That of course, six foot five, two hundred and fifteen pound quarterback Jackson Brousseau out of Lehigh, Utah. It had been a little bit quiet, you know, up and up until then. There were some people here throughout uh, spring ball, you know, on unofficials. You know, some people at the spring game. But June, like I said, it's just going to be a massive month. And after hosting a variety of prospects, the the fun got started with Stefan Daly six foot 475 pound wide receiver out of Sierra Linda High School out in Tolleson, Arizona visited over the weekend and then pledged his allegiance to CSU on Twitter currently listed as a three-star prospect uh, by both 247 and on three sports a multi-sport athlete a track star uh, also plays basketball and football um. 51 catches, 1,001 yards, 12 touchdowns, and nine games played as a junior. Really, really explosive with the ball in his hands. A guy that looks really dangerous. A potential for that yak. I mean, you 19.6 yards per catch. You can see it, 111 yards per game. He was a big, big part of their offense. Had a season-long reception of 90 yards. So it just kind of gives you an idea of, of what this guy is working with. I mean, he can really fly out there. I always encourage people to, how how should I say this? Uh, Watch you know the highlights responsibly and just recognize the fact that you know on anybody's huddle they're not putting their low moments. It's only the best moments, but it's really hard to not get excited when you watch this guy. Really, really, just natural hands, uh, fluid in the open field, runs obviously really well. Track star, but very, very encouraging. I mean, one of the things Norvell talked about when he was hired was. He loves big-arm quarterbacks, and he loves, you know, tall wide receivers that are kind of like basketball players, just really explosive athletes that are mismatches out there on the field. They got a big-arm quarterback with their first verbal of the cycle, stayed true to, you know, that intro presser and and kind of, you know, the philosophy behind the talent that you need in the air raid by, you know, going out and and landing a receiver with the second commit. According to On3.com, Daly also currently holds offers from Hawaii. Uh, You're going to see that a lot. A lot of players that are offered by CSU, also offered by Hawaii, makes sense. Timmy Chang, you know, spent the last half decade working under Norvell. Uh, And then, you know, Nevada, again, going to make sense. You're going to see a lot of overlap there. Also has an offer from Arizona, uh, northern Arizona, I should say. And uh, Washington State, again, another air raid style offense, makes sense. All these schools. Um, New Mexico State is going to be very similar. You know, anybody that's running. You know, something where they're trying to stretch the field, or if it's like a pistol type stuff, because that's where the uh, that's where the principles of this offense comes from. Um, two four seven. Also, listen. Offer from Army for daily. After daily, got everybody nice and excited, and you know, kind of in the recruiting mood. Andrew Lorich, defensive lineman, another three star prospect. Listed at six foot five, two hundred and fifty pounds. Great build for a guy that still has another year of high school to play. He got everybody excited with CSU's first defensive commit, had 41 total tackles, 17 of which were for a loss during his junior year, had five sacks, four QB hurries, a couple of forced fumbles, and an interception. Really versatile guy. I mean, when you watch him again, you got to take all this type of stuff with, you know, a grain of salt. Everybody looks good on their highlight, but you can just tell he kind of manhandles dudes out there. You know, you'll have to refine the technique a little bit as he gets to CSU, but, you know, that's everybody Uh, The Yorkville High School standout currently has offers all around the country, including but not limited to, you know, Air Force, Army, Bowling Green, Jim McElwain in Central Michigan, Navy, Toledo, Wyoming, uh, North Dakota State, Northern Iowa, so some FCS interest to boot. He visited campus over the weekend and like daily elected to go ahead and make his commitment official. Finally, we have our first local prospect for 2023, Tanner Morley, a 6'5", 280-pound offensive tackle out of perennial powerhouse Valor Christian High School. Had a nice post on, on Twitter, but included in it, CSU has taken me in as one of their own, and I can't wait for what the future holds. With all that being said, I would like to announce my commitment to Colorado State University. Let's go Rams. According to 247 Sports, Marley also holds offers from Northern Colorado and New Mexico State. Uh, His Twitter page also shows an offer from Portland State, though, in addition to some interest from Kansas State, Tulsa, and Wyoming. Also visited over the weekend. I mean, makes sense. There haven't been a a ton of Colorado kids that have signed with CSU since Norvell came over, and obviously, I think he took a little bit of heat for... You know, not signing some of the the guys that were committed under Adazio, although again, I mean it's it's just it's a tough call. It's his job to manage the roster. I will say though, whether it's preferred walk-ons or scholarship, in some cases, they have added a lot of Colorado guys. I mean, they they were able to get Aaron Karras of Pomona, Cameron Cooper, who originally went to Grandview High School, transferred over from UTEP. He comes over as a grad transfer with three years of eligibility left. Um, obviously, they had uh, Trevin Heel, who transferred over from Nevada, another Colorado kid. So, I mean, they, they are trying to make it a priority. Uh, Corey Hannaford and, and Vlad Dabovich as well, Keegan Hamilton, all local offensive linemen that have been added to the roster for this upcoming season. Most of them are PWOs. But it's just always good to see, you know, local kids getting an opportunity. I do think, you know, Adazio, to an extent, was kind of, he recognized that CSU fans really ate up the local angle. And I kind of think they used that as a crutch and just, you know, didn't really didn't really go out aggressively when it came to recruiting. And, you know, because of that, they were kind of just going for a lot of guys that didn't have any type of of legitimate interest. And, you know, some of those guys can be diamonds in the rough. Some of them can really pan out again. I'm not saying you shouldn't take chances on any of them, but when it's your entire class, I mean, you know, you're, you're probably just not going to be that good just being realistic, but Colorado obviously does have a history of, of producing really talented offensive linemen. And, you know, a lot of them end up going out of state. I mean, you see them go to, you know, big 10 programs, obviously Jeff Byers back in the day. I mean, there have been a ton of them, that you know, Jeremiah Searles ended up being a four-year starter at Nebraska before he went on to start for the Vikings, and that's a that's a Bear Creek high school kid, you know, much like Barry Wesley or Jake Bennett or Ola B.C. Johnson. You want to land those guys when you can, uh, you know, but it's really just about landing the quality guys. I mean, they talked about how much they liked Kyle Day Jr. Tanner Morley comes from a really talented program. You know, it's a little bit easier for me to identify, you know, skill guys than, you know the the nuance of, of quality offensive line play especially when you're watching you know huddle film and, and stuff like that but you like that Morley comes from a a talented program you know a winning program in Valley Christian and you obviously love that he has a six foot five 280 pound frame as a junior I mean you only have room to grow at that point you know I, I saw a couple of people you know make snide comments online about him not having a, a ton of offers and you know you know, that what that could mean. And, you know, you just you got to take all this recruiting stuff with a grain of salt. I mean, Barry didn't have any, Barry Wesley didn't have any offers at this point of his high school career either. I mean, he came to CSU as, as a walk-on, ended up being a starter by, you know, year two. So I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued with the depth um, that they're trying to establish at important positions, obviously offensive line, quarterback, wide receiver. I, I think they really could use a couple of corners still. I think you're going to see you know, linebacker, you know, edge or positions that they're going to recruit heavily. But yeah, the early indications are, are definitely encouraging. And it's just nice to see, you know, Norvell being able to take advantage of these on-campus visits. And and obviously, you know, Adazio and their staff didn't really have that opportunity because of, of the pandemic. But when you look at what Norvell was able to do on a short clock, you know, after getting hired last December and, you know, getting transfers and, and all that. That was impressive. He was able to sell the program fast then, sell, sell the offense. Now, I mean, they're they're really killing it. They had some time to establish themselves, obviously continuing to, to kill it in the community and just doing, saying the right things. And, you know, right now I, I would say this is the most excited that CSU fans have been going into a season probably since like, like maybe going into Bobo's first year. I mean, there was a lot of optimism back then. It's just nice. It's really refreshing. It's obviously been a really long road this, this last half decade, but I mean, God, if the avalanche have, have taught us anything, it's patience, you know. There were some dark years. I, you know, if you're a real hockey head, you know, you know, there were some dark years before this built up, and really, I mean, it's been like a nine-year build. Sometimes you got to be patient, but when you have the right leadership and when you can you know, build around the right talent, great things can happen. So I'm excited, man. I'm excited for football season. Obviously excited for hoop season as well. Cannot wait. Enjoying summer though. Really enjoying it. Soaking up the sun. You know, Doing a bunch of yard work. That's always great. Uh, shout out to everyone that interacted with me. I want to ask what's the worst chore. I'm, I'm still sticking with trimming bushes, guys. Because it, it's, not only is it exhausting, but it's tedious. You know, you got to pick all the trimmings up afterwards. And it's just a nightmare chore. I can't stand it. I had to do it for my grandpa, you know, family is first. I mean, it's everything, but that's all I have for today. Uh, thank you to all of you for continuing to support my content. We'll have more throughout the week. Like I said, we'll get Eli Becker on the podcast. We'll try and get some other uh, guests as well. It's been fun. I've had a lot of guests lately. I've been digging it. If you have somebody that you would like me to try and get on the podcast, uh, send a suggestion my way. You can DM me on Twitter. You can just tweet it at me publicly. You can email me at justin uh, at the DNBR.com. I, I want to, you know, try and make the content that you guys want to consume. we have got Mountain West Media Day is coming up in about a month out in Vegas. Really looking forward to that. Anyways, uh, we will have plenty of off-season content, obviously leading into the regular season. Can't get here soon enough. Until then, though, we'll just keep having fun. Enjoy your summers. Much love, y'all. Go Rams. Peace.
1: Peaches out of Palisades, sweet as Mama's marmalade. This shit sound like summer days, the windows down on Harmony. The family band sing harmonies. My daddy played the drums, my mama slapped that bass, my sister sang these songs. Dancing under canopies, we thank the trees for all their leaves. We are just some drops of water together make up seven seas. And one day I'll be like my father. One day I will learn to breathe. I'm choking on the thought that I am not the man I wanna be. I got blood on my shirt, like I wear my heart on my sleeve. She said I look good in red, but that went straight to my head. So now she. She's rocking my teeth, tucked into new prodigies. And we ain't spoken a month, but I just saw her last week. The lipstick stain still on my cheek, like we ain't talking enough. And we always seem to laugh, but never nod at us. So the future's looking grim, it's kinda ominous. And this song ain't about love, that'd be too obvious. See, this is more about lust and all of my misconceptions. And this is more about me and all of my self deception. I'll tell myself a lie 100 times, don't need corrections. But every night I pray to God, I hope I learn my lesson and the peaches out from palisade And they sweet as mama's marmalade And this should sound like summer days The windows down on harmony The family band sing harmonies My daddy played the drums And my mama slapped that bass And my sister sang these songs Dancing hand in hand We were tripping two left feet Like a middle school slow dance No one knew how to lead But I'm so thankful for these days They put a smile on my face Flirt with me when you're bored That's what I'm here for Talk to me softly Till I get a little more Attached to the fact That you reply so quickly Dash and retract only when you get sick of me, sit back reminiscing back to when I got them digits I swear I need a witness of somebody quick with pinches, I was out there floating all them feelings felt indigenous to places I don't visit, Hard eyes when I'm grinning, hard eyes and them emojis you said you won't be on me, I said you won't be lonely, you can't count on me like a bank teller counter. ain't never felt prouder, never holding back, don't got a front when I'm around her, I wanna listen more like maybe I should say less, I'm not sure how to make an album, this is just my best Guess my best friends are producers, send me beats, I bump the playlist Imagine all the hours Ableton was stuck on repeat All for me to rap about some girls who didn't like me SB4 of fours and stupid bars all wrote on loose leaf. I weigh a lot on promises that sound like maybes My contacts still just numbers but in person call me baby Like why I fall in love with every girl that wanna date me Introspective but scatterbrained on the daily I'll make a tape with the homies and rap the same thing I know it's just rhymes, but it sounds like everything. And the peaches out from Palisade. Uh-huh. And they sweet as mama's marmalade. And this shit sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony. The family bands like harmonies, my daddy played the drums. And my mama slapped that bass. my sister sang these songs. Dancing hand in hand, we were tripping to left feet like a middle school slow dance. No one knew how to leave, but I'm still thankful for these days. And they put a smile on my face.